Hey guys, this is Scott Hoying from Pentatonix, and I am this week's Man of the Hour, something I have never been called before. Um, and we talk about all sorts of things. We talk about Pentatonix, we talk about opportunities, we talk about friendship, we talk about being overly caffeinated. Buckle up. Have you all ever heard of the world of a cappella singing? Then Pentatonix and Scott Hoying are certainly familiar names. Scott's joining me on this episode of the podcast to chat about goal setting, friendship, and all things music. Now, if I could sing, we would have just produced a duet hit single for you, but hopefully this inspiring stuff that Scott has to say makes up for the lack of my vocal abilities. Now, before we continue, I want to bring Wild Foods to you as our official sponsor of Scott's episode today. Wild Foods specializes in real foods from small producers around the globe, and were founded on the obsession with finding the best ingredients in the world to support health and longevity. Now, knowing that food is the most critical aspect of these two areas of our lives, it's so important to know where your ingredients are coming from, you know what I mean? Which is why I want to invite you to check out wildfoods.co today, that's .co, not .com, to check out all their incredible products such as natural coffees, proteins, superfood blends, everything you need to mix in your protein shakes and smoothies, men's and women's natural vitamins, along with so much more. I'm going to give you a discount code that you can use at checkout as well. Just type in men of the hour, all one word. I don't even know if it has to be upcase or lowercase. Try both ways, but be sure to do it because you'll get 15% off if you use it right now. I can't promise we're going to have this code around forever. So as you're listening to this episode this week, please be sure to use it for 15% off at checkout. When you receive your goods, I would also love to hear from you on what you think of their products, especially their protein powders, which are my favorites. Speaking of favorites, let's get to one of my favorite conversations to date, and that's with Scott Hoying from Pentatonix. Scott Hoying, 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 Hoying. (laughs) <laughs> hoing, hoing. I yeah. love your last name. You are one fifth of one of the most, most coolest. Here we go again with the fucking words. One of the coolest things I've ever seen come to life in the music business. Pentatonix is so unique. I don't think people still to this day even know what acapella is. So we're going to start there. We're going to go to music. And we're going mm-hmm. to friendship. And then I want to close out with you because you're such an original human being. I want to talk a lot about that, how that's been crafted over the years. We're going to start with acapella. It's two words, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, yeah. Ah, and then capella. <laughs> capella. Scott, how did how did all this come to life? Did you know you wanted to make music with friends out of your mouths only? And Oh, I did not know that. I actually wanted to be a solo artist playing piano and singing my whole life. I was like that kid who was always playing piano and singing in um, high school and uh, junior high and making little albums in my room. Um and then acapella came into the picture when I went to college. I didn't want to join a frat because I was scared. So I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was really into choir in high school. So I was like, acapella would be perfect for me because it's kind of like choir. And I just fell in love with it. I was obsessed. It just like, I, I just like developed a passion for it really, really quickly. And my friends um, in my acapella group at USC were on this TV show. And I was like, I want to do acapella on the TV show originally for fun. Then after we won, I was like, okay, I guess this is my career. <laughs> yeah, and you're loving it. I'm loving Five of you look like you're always having fun. You know what I love about you guys? There's those Christmas specials you guys come out with every year. And it's <laughs> yeah. fun. My mom and I bop to it all the time, right alongside Mariah Carey and believe it or not, Cheetalicious Christmas from uh, 2007. Oh, wow. <laughs> we are in great company there. <laughs> you like, remember wow. it. 
you know, there's something so unique about like pop group bands, if you may, obviously your instruments are out of the mouth, but then you have a lot of pop bands that are like the Cheetah Girls back then, or, you know, there is something cool about that. No matter or not whether or not they're still together, doesn't really matter. Although I'm really happy you guys are still together. Yeah, 10 years later. It's great. Right. But you guys like you, p- groups like you are a part of people's childhood or just, it's really unique to see. I hope you know that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And that's very true. I had someone tell me yesterday, like, I used to cover White Winter Hymnal when I was like a young, young kid in elementary school with my friends. And I was like, wait, wait, how old am I then? It's, it's, <laughs> I was like, wait, this person was an adult. <laughs> I was like, elementary school? I was like, are you sure you got your math right? Oh, man. And you're a Trojan. I didn't even know you went to USC. How yeah, cool. I went for a year. And then after that, you're like, fuck it, I'm going to do acapella. Well, I loved it so much. I wanted to go back. But after we won the show, I was like, I guess I'll do pentatonics full time and go back one day. And it's been a decade. So yeah, you, one of these things are going to happen. You're just going to be asked to give a speech. And that's where you're going to get your diploma. You can skip the three years, dude. You're a rock star. <laughs> like an honorary moment. That, that's usually what happens from what I've seen. So after you're doing and listen, you win a show, you go do your own thing. I, do you feel like there's a part of college that you've may have missed out on or you probably got a lot of experience your first year no yeah i did i got a ton of experience because i was in the music program and they loved to like party and hang and i had all these classes and met a lot of friends and then also the acapella world is like an experience so i it was a, it was a it was a lot my freshman year so i feel like i got it yeah i think so it, acapella correct me if i'm wrong i was a cheerleader like oh. all-star high school and in in college too it's you can compare cheer world and like you've seen the little rock stars that do the two and a half minute routines they're sassy as hell (laughs) is it that catty in acapella world um i think it does get a little cutthroat in acapella it's 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 a very like i feel like pitch perfect is obviously exaggerated but that's kind of the world a little bit would have never made pitch perfect or that show cheer on netflix or bring it on should it not actually be somewhat emulated correctly am i right Exactly. Yeah. That's so interesting. You know, I bet the same people, and we talked about this, the same people who liked Pitch Perfect probably liked Bring It On. What do you think the similarities are there? Um, It's camp. It's fun. There's so many good one-liners. There's music involved, dancing involved. That's fun. Yeah. Routines of some kind. Yeah. Competition, drama. I think competition and drama are where it's at. Yeah, definitely. What do your friends from college now talk about when, when you see them? Are you still talking to anybody from USC or from your high school days even? Yeah, yeah. I have, um, I'm still friends with a bunch of people from USC, and a lot of them are doing music, and we'll just hang out and play music for each other and catch up. And they'll come to our shows when we have them and vice versa. Yeah, it's awesome. You're awesome, dude. What about the... <laughs> Okay, solo career for a minute. I know you wouldn't say this off the record and stuff just because like the five of you were doing so incredible together. So I wanted to give you an opportunity if you could have pursued solo um, career life as a musician with that piano you mentioned, how do you think it would have turned out? Because eventually, listen, I think that every group knows that you guys can also do a couple things or I don't know how all that shit works. Maybe your label probably cut my throat for saying that. But like, who knows? But like, what, what do you think that would have looked like? You know, it. I truly don't know. It could have gone so many different ways, as everyone's career does. Um, I think, I mean, being like a baritone piano 
like Gavin DeGraw situation, I think would have been pretty tough for me to break through because there's not a ton of lanes in the music industry for that on a big level. So I think I would have been um, really going at it for a while. Uh, but who knows? I could have instantly been a superstar at age 20. Who knows? You're a superstar now, so that's all we care about. <laughs> that's all we care about. You're a little, you're, uh, you, you might have went to school on the West Coast, but you were a Southern guy. You're from Texas. Yeah. Yes, Arlington, Texas. Arlington, Texas. My Arlington. family's from Tennessee, so I'm always telling people, right. you got a little Southern Japanese boy here. But <laughs> are there still roots in Texas? Yeah, my parents are there, and my sister, nieces, and nephews um, are there. And then I have another sister in Baltimore now. What does it feel like going home, usually, after coming out of Hollywood each time? Um, it's always really nostalgic. It's so much calmer in Texas, so... It's a nice place to decompress and hang with family and kind of get back to my roots. Um, because obviously being here, it's like work, work, nonstop. Um, so it is nice to go back. And you don't have someone whispering in your ear going. Exactly. You know what's so funny? I thought about this and I was like, God, I don't even know if we could do this on the show. It'd probably be so difficult. At some point, I'd wanted to learn the acapella. So I was doing music videos for people that were acapella teams at University of Tennessee, uh, Volt yeah. and Evolve. I forget the names. They were like, hey, we need some videos. It was so cool to compile clips of like close-ups of these people singing, the wide shots with the whole, you've seen it because you guys do so many music videos. It's so cool. Yeah, thank you. I know, I, I love the acapella world. Dude, music aside for a second. Uh, creating opportunities. We're going to get a little deep here for a second because I want your thoughts on this. I feel like aside from music, just in life in general, what are your thoughts on creating opportunities and kind of bringing things to life that were previously non-existent, especially like an idea, be it creative or not? Um, I mean, with, with Pentatonix, it was like hearing SoCal Vocals, the acapella group, sing for the first time. I just remember being so unbelievably just like in awe like eyes twinkling obsessed and inspired and so I mean I would say just following whatever makes you feel that whatever makes you like tingle inside and like inspires you on a deep level um, to chase that and another big thing about creating opportunities that I've realized is when you have an idea just immediately execute it don't like work on it, work on it, perfect it, change it, change it for years. It's like work on it the next day, put it out as soon as you can. That's, um, that always is what worked for Pentatonix. We were like, let's do a cover of this song and let's, y'all wanna arrange it tonight and put it out tomorrow? Like we've moved really quick and I think that really worked to our advantage. You, got, you bring up a really good point. That's how you learn. Exactly. Don't you think if you're sitting here working on something that you're used to and you're just like questioning or altering something that you're just used to sitting in front of, be it a piece of music or I guess for me, it'd be like a video or I don't know, but you hear that <clears throat> that's called yeah, allergies. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing we're on a podcast. We're in the middle of people's ears. I don't know if that makes you feel weird, but like I brought that up yeah, several that times. I'm like, I'm like, Hey, people are like listening in their ears. So like anything we say that sounds like remotely sexual or something, it's weird. Just call it ASMR. Could you like, that's where you learn. That's exactly where you learn is, is activating as soon as possible. Even when there's hiccups in the road, I feel like you guys are in positions all the time where you're like, Oh, that didn't work. So do you, do you just immediately scrap it and work on something else? Or you like, cause I feel like, I mean, you said, 
don't spend too much time working on it, but obviously you want to perfect it to some type of level yeah. of being able to put it out confidently. So how do you guys kind of balance that? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the devil's in the details, so we'll, we'll make sure to like make it as good as possible, but we, we, um, we try to always put it out. I mean, I try to put anything out that I've been working on, even if I feel a little insecure about it, because as you just said, that's how you learn and how you get feedback. And if you don't finish a project, you're never going to grow. Um, because, you know, I don't even think we've ever said this, but Little Drummer Boy is one of our biggest videos. It really kind of launched our Christmas career. Um, and we originally scrapped the video. We like, we saw it. I remember we were on our European tour. We were watching it on the bus and we were like, this just isn't good enough. This is, I just, we, none of us felt comfortable putting it out. So we decided not to. And then a month later, we kind of revisited it with fresh eyes. And we were like, you know what? We have this video. We spent time making it. Let's just put it out and see how it does. And if people hate it, that's okay. We'll move on. And then it like launched our whole Christmas career. So you really never know. Um, and getting in your head can be really detrimental when it comes to making art for sure. In life too. Who knows? <laughs> I am. A, I'm like. I feel like. Um, I'm Hold on. Will you say head. you're gonna hate me? That Zoom just like zapped you when you said that. Oh, I said. Who knows? Who knows? It's a constant daily struggle. I mean, I feel like we're all in our heads all the time about everything, and it's uh, it's it's like exercising trusting yourself, and uh, working really hard and just uh, just. Man, I wish I had more profound words to say, but trusting yourself, I, and which I struggle to to this day. I mean, I've fortunately had lots of success and lots of external validation, um, but I still doubt myself all the time because until I truly myself <laughs> uh, feel I am good enough, no external validation would would really do that for me. Well, this is external validation. I think you're good enough. Here's why oh, I say that. Thank you. Thank you. You come across very confident. You always have. Every time we see you guys on stage, it is a performance, but I know backstage. I mean, I think you guys had, it was from some form of like docu, either on YouTube or on one of the streaming. Oh yeah. We had a Netflix documentary. Yeah. I saw that. And how, when was that? That was a couple of years ago. That was a while. 2015, maybe. A couple meaning six. Wow. Six. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about this? That's five oh. years. That's actually five. We'll, we'll dismiss five, the pandemic here. Five and a half. Right. Pandemic He's, doesn't count at all. It never oh. counts. But I just remember seeing how you guys work together, how much fun you have. It's different than what we've seen from other artists. And it's probably because you guys have like a knit community of being able to like support each other throughout all of that, but also you're genuinely friends. So let's talk yeah. about friendship in and out of the business. I mean, you mentioned you're still friends with the USC Trojan friends, or I don't know why I always say Trojan, probably because it's a condom, <laughs> who the fuck knows. But in general, it's like friendship has a lot to do with how comfortable and confident you're gonna be in your mm -hmm. career, for example. I mean, everybody has a career. You know what, let me go off the record for a second. Like everybody's job is so different in today's world. You meet people like you who are superstars on stage. You meet people like me who have like random ass jobs in media. And it's like, it's so cool though, how everybody can still super relate on this level of being happy where they are. Should you have a good support circle? You know? 100%. I mean, I feel like probably the primary reason Pentatonix has been successful is because we were all friends and we're all having fun because, I mean, I always say this, but like easily the best art comes from just having natural fun. If it feels forced or too business-like, 
um, the art suffers greatly. But all our best stuff is when we're like laughing, dancing, singing, um, and just coming up with stuff randomly and there's no inhibitions and no one feels judged, no one feels afraid to give ideas. Uh, that is where like the magic happens in all areas of life, but um, for pentatonics, especially musically. I would say, and then personally speaking, in terms of friendships and how those kind of keep you grounded, you know, let us know. I mean, I feel like that's kind of, you said going home to Texas is nostalgic and it's probably because a lot of those people, every time you come home, it's a hoorah, don't you think? Yeah, or is yeah, it the yeah. opposite, you know? I know it's a, it's definitely hurrah. Um, a lot of people in Arlington, Texas, Texas in general are very proud of pentatonics. So it's cool to go home and, um, connect with them. How are you handling stardom? I gotta ask you, cause oh, man. at some point I'm, I'm getting introvert vibes and I don't know why, but I'm just getting, the not like bad, but I'm getting <laughs> the idea that like, you like your privacy. I do. I do. I'm definitely introverted. Um, at times I have my extroverted moments. Um, but I honestly, I've really enjoyed it. It's, it's not like paparazzi follows us around. We're not really that tier of celebrity. Um, so I've enjoyed everything that's happened to us because it's given us an opportunity to just make music for a living. I don't really, I've, there's not a lot of other things I'm super passionate about. So being able to kind of be in the zone and like live my passion and truth daily, um, and get paid for it is just all I could ever ask for. So you said it when that when that wire that check comes through, that's where it's at. <laughs> that's where the real passion is. No, because really, it's so cool that you're able to do that and make a living off of it. Yeah, exactly. Like when you put it in hindsight, I don't think people realize like everybody's still got to pay their rent and like you know pay their bills and stuff. It's called being an adult, which is crazy cool. Yeah, but it's I like. Scott, you seem so original too, which is something that I think is, is not just noticeable, but it's very admirable for many reasons. But in terms of being original, have you always been this way in terms of, I know you mentioned you're working on yourself and like, you know, gaining the confidence to this day, which is just a journey, I would think. And by all means, I'm younger than you, but I'll just say this because, you know, I feel like saying it, but like, there's so much still to be learned in our lives for so long. It's why I started this show. I think in, in the world of self-help, it's about taking anybody who's experiencing life at the same time, getting what they have to say about what's happened in their life or what's upcoming and really understanding that all of us are playing the same game. You know what I mean? But for yeah. you, I think originality is so dope. Like just to see you as you and you're so happily in your relationship and you're so happily singing, doing your thing Beat, but do you do the beatboxing part too, or just the singing? Oh, you do I all know, of it. I just sing. I, I love mean, that. I, you don't I, even like, have to do all the beatboxing. You know what? I'll do it. <laughs> but that's um, that's a great thing to see. So has it always been like that for you? Um, I feel like I I have always taken pride in being original. You know, like as a kid, I was really weird and awkward. I mean, most of my childhood, and I always kind of was insecure about that. But what I realized that a lot of creativity came from that. Um, and as I've gotten older, I've learned to harness kind of like the weirdness and, and, and try to take something we've made and be like, how can we think outside of the box and flip this on its head? Okay. How can we do that even more? And how can we push it even more? And, uh, just having at the forefront of your mind, how can we make this different than anything and really taking the time to answer that question? Um, has been really crucial for us as a band and me personally. Mm. More on the journey of uh, self-discovery. So when yeah. you're 
Right. Oh, I thought you were saying. Oh, I know. I was I definitely. Saying, I, that's self-discovery. Yeah, never mind. Keep going. Cut that it out. Is. It totally <laughs> is. Oh, we can't cut anything out, man. No, I'm kidding. Oh, we could, but I don't like to cut nothing out. Oh, no. Here's why. I think it's because well, I think everything you're saying is so valuable. Self-discovery is one of those things where I feel like, again, it's about that journey process for so many of us. And, and it's about asking those hard questions. What would you say is the hardest question you've had to ask yourself recently? The hardest question I've had to ask myself recently. Um, oh, man. Like, what does the future look like? That's probably the scariest thing. Is it pentatonics for the next 20 years? Is it pentatonics for the next five years? What's my life and my existence outside of this band? Um, what else do I want to do? Because I've dedicated pretty much 100% of my mind to this band and to touring and to, and to living this existence. And so I think the scariest, hardest question is like, who am I outside of this? Um, which is it's a terrifying thing that we all have to ask ourselves because, you know, all our careers and our friendships and the movies we watch, they're all in a way distractions. Um, and then you look inward of like, like, who am I and what do I really want to achieve for the rest of my life? Um, it's like a big, scary question. Has to be. I think everybody can ask themselves that when they're a part of a tribe a community a group a fraternity a sorority a team of basketball players like there's just that that happens i don't know if there's yeah. a word for that i feel like there's like a some type of stigma or like a ism that goes with that i don't know i'll look it up later um <laughs> if we had a live researcher that'd be kind yeah, of dope it, what's the word for that paul you know <laughs> but there's there might be something around that you bring up a great point which is like the fear of the unknown being number one two great points number two when you're involved and you're being and your brand is really built amongst other people as well. Like there's something beautiful about that, but also scary to, to kind of not know what that looks like individually for yourself. Yeah. You know, and I think for you, have you taken some thought as to what that might look like recently? Yeah. I've been um, trying to apply myself creatively in other areas of my life as well. Um, trying to write a lot uh, and, I would love to develop TV shows. I've been working on a musical. I've noticed that I am at my happiest when I'm creating. And when you finish like a song or, or finish a, a TV pilot or something and you, you read through it, sing through it, just it's such a serotonin boost, such a high. And so I've, I've definitely, the answer I've come to so far and what my future is, is creating um, in any area. You know what could be really cool though is that you continue with this, unknown direction of pentatonics which is probably going to keep going for a very long time you guys are so successful and then doing the movie thing or like if you want to do you know video production or commercial acting or something like you can do all of that don't you think yeah we had a discussion about this in pentatonics recently we're like let's just keep pentatonics going because we all love it we've all worked so hard on it it makes so many people happy um and we all have our side projects that, and we've been able to do those too it's funny you think like people always in bands break off and go solo because they have to like focus on other things. But it's kind of wild how much bandwidth you actually have. Like Kirstie started her whole 
um, like side business, selling handmade crafts and stuff. She's able to do that and pentatonics. Mitch is doing a solo career. He also does pentatonics. I'm working on the stuff and doing pentatonics. Um, so I think, I think you can do it all, which is cool. Let's keep talking about that. Cause I literally had that written down the art of having it all at once. There's a stigma that people can't. And I think it just depends on the bandwidth and the time that you're willing to put into all these areas of your life. Luckily for you, you get enjoyment and fulfillment out of creating and doing these quote unquote jobs that probably pretty much don't feel like jobs at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, similarly on like the production front or podcasting or whatever, hosting and stuff, like it's the same thing. It's like none of these feel like actual jobs to myself. And I'm okay yeah. to work on six projects at a time. Whereas I think some other people would think that that's just very exhausting to do more than just one thing and be really good at one thing. What are your thoughts on that in terms of bandwidth and energy going into all these things? It just depends on, yeah, as you just said, it depends on the person. Um, But if you're doing all things that are super, super fun, then like when my friends come over to write the musical with me, I'm genuinely excited in the same way I'd be excited to go to a friend's birthday party. And so when it doesn't feel exhausting, uh, your just bandwidth lasts longer. So finding those things that really ignite you and inspire you, I think would, will like, help with bandwidth but that doesn't mean that i don't get exhausted at times oh yeah you need to go sleep but you and i are both <laughs> sipping on coffee in the afternoon let me a second one i'm like hella wait what kind of coffee do you drink um today is an iced latte with four pumps of sugar-free vanilla almond milk he likes his starbs people yeah if you want to deliver anything to his home you ain't getting the address from me <laughs> that's so cool to see dude because like so many times i think people have to ask themselves of what they need to give up you ain't gonna give up shit keep doing it all yeah. Just figure out how you're gonna allocate the time to do so yeah Speaking i'm definitely of, a scheduler yeah because you have to be yeah. schedule your time that you, you don't have to schedule a sleep but like i've seen people do that Schedule the times that you're working out. Schedule the times that you're meeting up with people personally. Schedule the times that you need to activate a project or like follow up with certain people or whatever that might be. Schedule the time that you need to go on a walk and listen to a podcast. Yeah. Once a day I have in my schedule for an hour called happy hour, but not alcohol involved. Happy hour is in like things that I've always loved, like watching Beachella on Netflix or like playing ping pong with my boyfriend. And like, I make sure to schedule that hour, which it's like, it's weirdly kind of dark thinking like you have to schedule an hour. I'm going to have fun in this hour, but at the same time it works for me. So it's a peace of mind act, uh, actionable. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Cause like if you don't schedule that time, you're just going to get lost thinking about all the things you could be doing outside of something you'd probably be doing to take care of yourself. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Man of the happy hour. That's, that's something we should go after men of the hour podcast, but yours could be man of the happy hour. Man of the happy hour. <laughs> oh, that's fun. And it won't be alcohol. It'll just be ping pong or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe alcohol too. Oh my gosh. Do you listen to podcasts? I do sometimes. Yeah. What kind of podcasts do you listen to? Um, I listen to this podcast called food, food for thought that I really like these like four hilarious gay men. Um, and then I listened to, I listened to one yesterday called the school of success, greatness, Greatness, the school of greatness. Yes. And then I'll listen to like murder 
uh, podcast. I never remember the names of them. I listen to a different one every day. But there was one where they write letters to these two girls and they like read these like murder letters. So oh, hell like, no. What's fascinating <laughs> like about that? No, you do. That's scary. Oh, my God. I know. I'm like one of those people that like will watch Snapped seven episodes in a row. Okay. Actually, okay. I'll be honest with you. I did that maybe two months ago. I hated it, but I couldn't stop it. That's what it is about. The, the murder mystery shows crimes. Uh, what is it called? Snapped. Dateline. Yeah. Fascination with the abomination. Yeah. It's not like you want to be a serial killer after, but you want to watch it to figure out how they did it and be like, whoa, how did you like not go to jail for life for that? Yeah. It's kind of, you enjoy it in the same way you enjoy gossip. It's like, I got to know what's going on and what happened, even though it's not my business. <laughs> right. Yeah. Damn. We could keep talking forever. I got to ask you about the big picture. When you go into any project or Pentatonics goes into any project or you're asked to do a project like, wait, this musical is actually be really fun and you have to call me. I don't know what part I want to play, but I want to be a backup dancer or something. Oh my God, you're in. No audition necessary. No, please. Like I'm holding you to that. Mag? No, Mag jumped off the call sadly. <laughs> but really, I think that'd be so dope to just be a backup dancer on like a high school musical, but whatever you're going to create. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that would be super fun. I've always wanted to be in a Broadway show, but like have like one of the, like a one song in the show. So I never have to stress. Like I couldn't do like an Alphaba moment where she sings like 12 ballads at the top of her lungs. Too much. Eight shows a week? Vocal cords would hemorrhage week three. No way. Ouch. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, big projects really fast. When you have to think of like the end goal of those things, does that ever get overwhelming to you when you're asked like, Hey, we should do this. Do you think of the final picture, the final big picture of it? Or do you usually start with baby steps? Um, I think always like at the genesis of a project, it's really exciting. That's like the best part. Cause you're like, Holy shit. It could go this way. It could go this way. We could be, we'll be on Broadway and like it can star Ben Platt and like, <laughs> you, and like you visualize these things and you're like a hundred percent sure that they're going to happen. Um, so the beginning is honestly the best part. And then you, and then the baby steps start, you start working, um, for the musical I'm working on, we just wrote the songs. For, well, we got like the outline of the story, but then we wrote songs first. Just started knocking out songs one at a time. And it felt overwhelming at first. And there's definitely those valleys where you're like, this is kind of bad and also going to take a really long time. And what did we get ourselves into? Um, but fortunately, the two guys I'm working with are very like good at pushing through that. So we always push through those tough valley moments. Um, and then slowly but surely it's like three months later and you have wait we have 13 songs done and we have half the story done and it just slowly comes together so see you on broadway everyone <laughs> that was a tease i, I love that it's a gr very that's you manifesting i think you have to do that in any creative industry don't you think yeah absolutely because if you put yourself in the headspace where you honestly believe that you're going to achieve it, then I mean, everything just feels better and you make better art. I don't even know how to describe it eloquently, but um, it, with the musical, there has been moments where I'm like, I just really don't know if this is strong enough, but I was like, you know what? It is strong enough and it's only gonna get better. It's only gonna get better and it's not out yet. We can keep changing it. And we've been tweaking it and working on it. And then suddenly it starts to have this sheen of like, professionalism i'm like oh wait no this is so dope now i'm like this doesn't because anything you start making 
it's going to feel amateur at first, you know, you're, you're just kind of like figuring it out. But if you keep working on it, keep working on it, I'm like, oh shit, this is starting to like really come together. And then you can call all the people, like the teams and whoever else needs to help. Zhuzh. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Agents, managers. That's it. Because they'll help. <laughs> Do you know what the term zhuzh? Zhuzh, yes, of course. <laughs> when did you first hear that? I heard it two years ago when I moved to New York. Um, Like a few years ago, I think... I don't know. I was like hanging out with a group of gay people who just started using it. And they're like, just going to zhuzh my hair really quickly and like stuff like that. That's what it is. People said if it's not hair or an email, just zhuzh it up. Yeah, that applied to everything. And I think Jasmine Masters originated it, the drag queen. I don't know though. Don't don't hold me to that. But I'm going to hold you to the fact that I'm going to be a backup dancer on this musical. Thousand percent. One thousand percent. See, I can't even sing. That's why I'm going to be a fucking backup dancer. <laughs> Wait, what are you excited about for this year? It's about to close. I mean, listen, we're in May, and I don't know what the hell is going to happen for the rest of 2021. But I'm very excited because I think everybody's getting excited, and when I see people excited, I get excited. So, what are you going to be excited about for the remainder of the year? I. I'm excited about a lot of things. I mean, this is obvious, but I'm excited for things to slowly get back to normal. I'm excited to hug people and travel. And, you know, I feel like hanging out with people, concerts, events, any type of social gathering is just going to hit different. <laughs> like, Because everyone's going to be like, I took you for granted. Like, I never get, now that I haven't got to see you, I just need to hold you. Um, that means you guys can take the VIP meet and greet tickets and like triple the cost. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I'm also excited to just get back on the road and do shows and, um, and to see where like all these projects I started in the pandemic lead to. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm excited for you, Scott. Hoing. I'm never going to forget your last name now. I thought it was yeah. Hoying cause I just, I wanted to pronounce the Y. Why would you pronounce the Y? Same reason you don't know that letter of the alphabet either. I'm sure. Right. But no, your name is dope. Thank you uh, for your time, for Thank recording this audio. Me. You're the best. Everybody who is tuning in to this audio right now, you hear how crisp his microphone is? That's the Sure mic. They didn't pay for me to say that shit either. It is a dope <laughs> microphone that looks like, I don't want to say, but like it's just a weird looking mic that has amazing quality. He plugged his into a thing called Pro Tools. So any of you music enthusiasts, you should know this. Artists are like using actual apps on your computer to make music. Similar to what, I mean, you guys are lucky. You can sing and just sing into the mic and like use your mouth. People have their shit plugged into computers and then that's how they make their music. I mean, all of us know. I mean, they're starting to put up master classes and stuff now, which is super dope. Um, but for literally for spending the past... How, how long is this? 45 minutes, maybe? Anyway, we don't keep track. But <laughs> thank you. Thank you for saying yes to joining us on the show and uh, sharing everything you did with us. I know both of us are caffeinated on a Friday. Now we got the rest of our lives ahead of us to oh, go have some so fun, Scott. Like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Scott. Thank you. Hey, it's Justin again. And before you exit this very episode, wherever you're listening, I want to say thank you for being here. I hope you learned something new and are leaving more inspired by the conversation you just heard. Men of the Hour is also on Instagram and YouTube at Men of the Hour Podcast, where you can find all of our video sneak peek exclusives and full episodes. Be sure to follow and subscribe and do all those great things so that we can stay connected. And right before you jump, I would love to hear from you if you would put a rating and review right here where you're listening. 
Until next Monday, continue taking care of yourself and building the best possible life.